0: That's a clown question, bro. Hi, Mr. a So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm
1: not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle.
0: If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel?
1: Chris. I, I am loving the expanded playoffs. I love it. This is a perfect time for this right now. You know, it's a shortened season, so everyone's all compact at this point. Uh, pretty much anyone except for, like, the Red Sox or the Pirates, the Nationals, uh, the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Royals, the Angels could make the playoffs at this point. So that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's about 22 teams in the playoff picture. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely what you need – right now it's definitely what you need 60 game season i you know when 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 there wasn't an expanded playoff announced um i was a little worried like i feel like a 10 a 10 team playoff format in a 60 game season wasn't going to be really accurate and i think we've we've seen that because a lot a lot of the better teams are not doing as well as we would think they are you know notably like the Yankees, the Twins are actually in third place, so they'd be fighting for a wild card spot. It would be really something. That's right. So today, uh, so some we'll start off we'll start off with some, I guess, uh, more sad news. Another, unfortunately, another Hall of Famer has been taken from us. Kind of the same era as uh, Tom Seaver. Now, Lou Brock died at the age of 81 um, yesterday, or uh, on on Sunday, and he was uh, he was the original like stolen base king. He had 938 stolen base career stolen bases, and uh, Ricky Henderson uh, broke that, and he's still currently second all time in stolen bases. So. Um, Unfortunately, uh, a legend was taken from us uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean,
1: when you think Lou Brock is a baseball player, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is always stolen bases. Uh, I believe he was the first person in the live ball era to steal 100 bases in a season. Is that correct? Uh, it sounds that sounds about right. I think. Let me, yeah. let me make sure because I'm I want to believe uh, that that is true. He did it in was it '74? 1974. Uh, 118 stolen bases, Chris, um, a three Oh six average for a 749 OPS one of 10 OPS plus finished second, uh, in the MVP voting that year, a really impressive season. And that was at age 35 too. That was his best season. Believe it or not, was age 35.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this wasn't even when really, um, he was, he was stealing bases at a time when. Uh, the stolen base it wasn't quite heating it up as much as it was in um, in like the uh, in the 80s the 80s was kind of the peak of uh, the stolen base coming back but he played from 1961 to 1979 he started out in the era of you know mantle and Maze, kind of okay. more more power guys uh, power was more encouraged but I think he might have been he might have been one of the Revolutionaries in terms of kind of setting up like the 1980s and that sort of style of play yeah. with, with all the stolen bases.
1: He was like the, yeah, he was like a, a preview for that essentially. And by the way, Lou uh, was the second person to steal 100 bases in a season in the live ball era. The first was Maury Wills in
0: 1962.
1: Oh, 104, right. 104, and he beat him by 14. He, he, it wasn't even close particularly.
0: Yes, of course we do. Remember Maury Wills for winning the nineteen sixty two MVP over yeah. Willie Mays. <laughs> yeah, um, that was
1: that was tough. But Lou Brock, uh, also exactly nine hundred career RBIs, which is which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, not exactly nine hundred RBIs. Uh, Three thousand hit club as well. Yeah, have, ha- having nine hundred RBI and having more stolen bases than an RBI is uh, is pretty wild. To see. Quite a feat, yeah. Yeah, you're not seeing, not seeing that a lot.
1: So he was the uh, all-time um, stolen base leader for 16
0: years? Um, for uh, – well, so when, when did he
1: break uh, – When did he break Ty Cobb's record? Not exactly sure. Either way, he held the record uh, for close to two decades. Uh, it was broken by Ricky Henderson, and as of right now, he is second all-time on the all-time stolen base list. I do not see anybody uh, ever coming close to him ever again, uh, if we're being completely honest. Like 938 is ridiculous. People don't even attempt that many stolen bases in their careers nowadays. Uh, Lou Brock, he also, I mean, we should talk about his impact on the Cardinals clubhouse. He was a two-time World Series champion for the Cardinals. He brought winning baseball to St. Louis, which is obviously a tradition there. Uh, And he was at the forefront of all those 80, you know, not not necessarily the '80s teams because he retired after '79, uh, but he was, you know, he was there before, and he sort of set up for the dynasty that later came.
0: Yeah, he did. He was. Uh, it was a big deal when he went over to St. Louis, and he started to have started to have more success there. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a big. Um, a big part of, you know, that Cardinals, Cubs history, part of the rivalry uh, and all that. I'm trying to I'm trying to see uh, one thing. Because, I mean, the
1: Cardinals are probably the most, like, prestige franchise in the history of the National League, and Lou Brock was at the forefront of that for the entirety of his time there.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so there were – so the league leader in – stolen bases last year had 46 stolen bases and uh so they would if they wanted to tie a Lou Brock you'd have to get 46 stolen bases for 21 46 stolen bases per year for 21 seasons yeah that's how hard it would be to get to him and just the way just the direction of the game uh that's probably not going to happen unless we see a drastic change which probably won't come for another at least like quarter century if the game changes that much
1: yeah uh and one one other thing to note um lou brock notably really good playoff hitter uh he had 92 career plate appearances in the postseason which is a lot considering uh, he played in the era where it was just the World Series. Like there weren't uh, you know there wasn't an LCS, there wasn't a division series. Like you get to the playoffs, you win your pennant, you go straight to the World Series. So having 92 World Series plate appearances is a lot uh in that era. 391 average with a 1079 OPS in 92 plate appearances for Lou Brock.
0: Yeah, that's pretty that's de- that's pretty unbelievable. Really impressive. Um, very, very impressive. Uh so yeah, he he kind of set up that that Cardinals uh, success that they had in the 1980s. They won a World Series in 82 and they uh, made it to a few World Series as well in 85 and 87. And he was a part of setting that whole situation up. So rest in peace to Luke Brock, definitely a legend of the sport. Um, and will always will always be remembered um, in in the uh, in the baseball world. Yeah. So, so we're we're kind of in the we're somewhat in the middle of the season. We're kind of seeing. A little more. Yeah, we're, we're we're maybe like, like two thirds third, of the way through. Two thirds of the way through, and you know the playoff picture is starting to mold. But then again, not really because. Uh, you know they've only played forty games, and a lot can ha- happen in forty games. So we're just kind of gonna gonna go down the um, playoff picture, um, just our thoughts on where each team kind of stands, their chances of you know getting a top three seed or a four through six seed, wild card, or not making the playoffs. You know, just kind of a, a checkup on the on the entire league.
1: All right, so we'll start with the Tampa Bay Rays. This team is 28 and 13. They're currently losing six to nothing in the eighth inning to the Nationals. Uh, so not looking very good for them tonight. Um, I mean, I think it's I think this team obviously right now with with how the rest of the AL East has sort of been stumbling. Uh, this team is a really good chance, the best chance in the AL of winning the division. Uh, they have a five and a half game lead on the Blue Jays. That is the largest gap of any AL team for their division. Um, also, Brandon Lau, the guy who I had as my midseason MVP, has not been doing too well over the past couple weeks. Uh, I believe it was since, I want to say August 23rd. Since then, he has an 065 average. Uh, yeah, he's he's been he's slowed down quite a lot. Um, so that's been interesting to see. He actually did have a have a walk-off sack fly the other day, too. Um, so that was uh, fun. But this team is still doing really well, even without that. I mean, they... You know they're twenty and thirteen like I mentioned a six eighty three winning percentage the best in the, the American League if the season ended today they would be the one seed and I mean I think if there's a if there's a division lock right now in the al it has to be the Tampa Bay Rays
0: yeah it, it definitely is the Tampa Bay Rays because yeah the central is is airtight any one of those three teams can uh, can win that division and yeah. the at the Astros could knock at the door of the Oakland athletics and even with Brandon Lau not doing too well someone uh, who's kind of come out of the shadows is Willie Adamas. he's been one of the best shortstops this year he has a 924 OPS he's hitting 302 uh, he's been another name another been, name is
1: uh, Randy Arozarena. Uh, he is he, he's had a very limited number of at-bats but I want to say he has like 15 plate appearances 15 at- bats.
0: Uh 18 plate appearances.
1: 18 plate appearances. A four sixty-seven average with a sixteen twenty-two OPS.
0: Uh yeah. not bad. Yeah, he's got three home runs. He's seven seven for fifteen with three home runs.
1: Yeah. Resulting,
0: that's resulting in a sixteen twenty-two OPS. Yep. But yeah, I mean it's uh it's funny. It's it's fun to look at these teams and see what's uh, causing them success but i yeah, mean
1: randy randy rosario literally just homered like as i was saying that so we got to update his stats he's now batting 500 with an 1829 ops i'm not out. kidding He just homered straight up as i was saying that
0: that is something amazing that's, timing that's pretty that's pretty nuts and you know it oh, the the uh the reasons why the rays are winning is kind of kind of how you would expect how you would expect that they, that they would be winning I think Ty, Tyler glass now is he had a rough start he's coming back and I think his expected statistics were he, he was uh, underperforming his expected statistics so that's coming back uh, Blake Snell is having pretty much a bounce back here Charlie Morton had a rough start today but you know that bullpen is has even without some of their key guys, their, their bullpen has been absolutely nails, too.
1: Yeah, and Nick Anderson came back from his injury, too.
0: Yeah, he is back. He's 10 and a third innings, uh, no runs allowed, and 13.9 yeah. strikeouts per nine. Yeah, Nick Anderson,
1: uh, one of my guys to look for at the beginning of the season, still is not. I mean, he did go on the IL, but he still has not allowed an earned run this season. Uh knock on wood, of course. Yeah, like you mentioned, ten to third innings pitched, sixteen strikeouts, a FIP of oh six three, uh thirteen point nine strikeouts per nine, one point seven walks per nine, only three point five hits per nine as well. Uh he's been as expected uh so far this season.
0: Yeah. So that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh do you wanna go down the AL East or do you want to go down like seeding wise? Well, yeah, let's do seeding wise. Okay. So uh, who's who's next? Next is the
1: Southsiders, Chicago White Sox.
0: Yeah, the Ch- Chicago White Sox. you make me eat my words. Yeah, the Chicago White Sox. They've been a they've been a surprise. They've surprised me. I I thought they would be a, a second place team, but. Not, nothing that would be uh, above the six seed. I had them
1: finishing one game over five hundred.
0: Yeah, definitely eating that. So, yeah, the and they're another team where their success it's coming from where you would expect it to come from. So you have that offense who's been uh, who have been producing. Overhead. They've probably been they've probably been the best offense in all of baseball, uh, especially since they've started winning some games. Um, Yasmani Grandal is pretty, pretty much back. He has an 816 OPS right now.
1: Yeah, he's been really hot. Let me I'll get some recent numbers on him real quick.
0: Yeah, you got Jose Abreu, who I think leads the American League in position player B-War. Uh, and you have Tim Anderson, who's also near the top. He's hitting 351 with a 985 OPS. Uh, Mancada has been a little slow, but then you have Eloy Jimenez, who has an 864 OPS. Luis Robert might be stealing his uh, Rookie of the Year award back. Kyle uh, from Lewis. Kyle Lewis here. He, he's he's been- made it
1: a lot closer than it was last week. Uh, real quick, Yasmani Grandal over his last 12 games, 304 average with a 418 OBP. Uh, that is nine walks uh, in, 40, in 55 plate appearances. That is a lot. Um, a 6.09 slugging for a 10.27 OPS, four home runs, uh, only 12, 12 strikeouts, which isn't bad because uh, he's always been a strikeout guy. Uh, but, yeah, he's been performing very well. Uh, his average has gone from 2.35 to 2.57. His OPS from 7.17 to 8.16. So that's uh, rose, risen by 100 points just about.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, he's definitely made the step up as a team they they have an 805 OPS and a 117 OPS plus which is very very good for you know just a team. Luis Robert he's doing it you know both on offense and on defense the pitching staff is very interesting because you could say so you know Giolito, Keichel and Dylan Cease have been what you've needed them to be but mm-hmm. I think a lot especially with the bullpen has been huge. Yeah, bullpen has been very good too. But I'll, with Keikel starting with Keikel and Dylan Cease, some of the success might not be sustainable, especially with Dylan Cease, but even Yeah, Dallas Keikel. Dallas Keikel is he's doing his best when he's getting soft uh, contact and I'm just bringing up his baseball savant page. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, uh, yeah, he's 5.4 strikeouts per nine, Keuchel. Yeah, he's never been a strikeout guy, but usually he's putting up maybe seven strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Um, okay, so his hard hit percentage is in the 78th percentile, which is pretty good, but his ex-WOBA against is in the 36th percentile. His expected ERA is in the 37th percentile. Um, his expected ERA is 4.33. His actual ERA is two two one nine. So um, we'll see. We'll see if he sustains success. I mean, he's always been a pitch to contact guy. So I'm not too. I'm not too too worried about Dallas Keuchel. Um, I mean, yeah, he's still getting ground balls, and maybe they're hit harder than they used to be. But the defense is decent. But Dylan Cease is. It's pretty incredible what he's been able to do. Uh, with this with the peripheral statistics he has. Yeah, so,
1: the peripherals say he's about to blow up.
0: Yeah, and I I was actually looking at his game logs and I was looking at like uh some of the he the guy's uh the guy's given up a lot of like warning track shots and uh like just very very close calls. Uh he has a 329 ERA and a six three two fifth his expected ERA is 6.13, so <laughs> so and his uh, expected WOBA against is in the 14th percentile. His expected ERA is in the 15th percentile. Expected slugging in the 13th percentile. His hard hit percentage in the, is in the 56th percentile, which, and that's not great considering he's only striking out about six guys per nine.
1: 6.1 so, with 4.4 walks per nine. That's not good. That's got to go down.
0: Yeah, so if you see Dylan Cease just kind of go a little, make a left turn, don't be that surprised. Yeah. But if he doesn't, that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty wild, yeah. I would love that.
1: So <laughs> now I want to get into the bullpen here because this team's bullpen has been extraordinary. Alex Colomay uh, is nine nine for 10 in save opportunities, a 115 ERA in 15 and two thirds innings pitch, 11 hits, two earned runs, seven walks. Uh, that is four walks per nine. Not, not amazing. Uh, 13 strikeouts for 7.5 Ks per nine. He's been really good. Evan Marshall, he is one of their two setup guys. A 196 ERA with 12.3 strikeouts per nine. Uh, also a FIP of 228, which is really good. Matt Foster, a 153 ERA in 17-2 and two thirds innings pitch, 10.7 Ks per nine. Only 2.5 walks per nine, too, so he's got the run prevention and the walk prevention with strike big strikeout numbers. Uh, a strikeout-to-walk ratio of uh, 420, so that's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people yeah. into that. And, uh, yeah, that is the unknown three-headed monster in the White Sox bullpen. You also have uh, Ross Detweiler, who's done extremely well, a 1590 five RA in 17 innings pitched, uh,
0: so that's been pretty good. Yeah, they've been. That's been uh, pretty surprising. And very, you know, if if they wanted to get in the playoffs, they needed. If yeah, if they wanted to get into the playoffs, they needed, uh, Giolito, Keuchel, and Cease to do well along with their offense. If they wanted to win the division, they needed the bullpen to stay, uh to uh, step up. And that's what that's exactly what they're doing. And they have that division lead. Next
1: is the Oakland A's team that. Had a, had a bit of a scare uh, around this time last week. They'd had a positive COVID test. Luckily, it didn't turn out to be anything too serious. Uh, but they are still leading the American League West, and uh, they got a three and a half game lead on the Astros. The Angels did them a lot of favors this past weekend.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what are what are we looking at with this team, Chris? Um, I'm looking at. I I think we're looking at a very. It's it's a. Team that's kind of led by their uh, bullpen in a way. It's very yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Matt Olson is still hitting one ninety five, but he has an OPS
1: plus of one thirteen. Like he's basically becoming Matt Olson this year has been like twenty like seventeen twenty eighteen Joey Gallo.
0: Yeah, because yeah, Matt Olson is hitting one ninety five, and on the Baseball Reference page, he's the wins above replacement leader. Yep, <laughs> yep. So, so they've been getting it from everybody. I mean.
1: Robbie yep. Grossman, too. Robbie Grossman is really broken out for them. He has a 161 OPS plus, uh, also a 405 OBP, which is really impressive. Uh, his walk rate has got to be sky high. He had 18 walks in 121 plate appearances. Not bad.
0: Yeah, and then outside of Robbie Grossman, um, in that kind of starting lineup, there's no one else with an OPS plus above, like, 130. It's just kind Our of a- – Mark is at 128. Yeah, it's kind of a cohesive unit, you know. Yeah. It's everyone's everyone's doing their part. No one's doing terrible, but no one's doing uh outside of Robbie Grossman no one's doing like crazy excellent. But I think I think this team
1: does have a starting pitching problem though.
0: Yes, I would agree. Um
1: Frankie Montas started out doing really well. He now has a 606 ERA. Uh Lazardo, I mean, you know, for, he's doing pretty well for what it's worth, but I mean, he's 22. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, you got to question like how ready he would be for an October setting right now, even though he did pitch in the wild card game last year. So I guess maybe that does nullify any concerns there. Chris Bassett has been all right, a 372 ERA. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, that bullpen is destructive. I mean, Liam Hendricks won reliever of the month for August. Uh, JB Wendelkin has had a breakout season. Joaquin Soria. Yusmero Petit, TJ McFarland, your guy Lou Trevino, Chris. Uh, I mean, everyone has just been doing a really good job. Uh, And Mike Miner has only pitched one inning for them this year so far.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough, and you would have expected him to turn it around a little bit. Maybe he still can. But, yeah, it does alarm you for the playoffs because, you know, we've seen the A's have success, but we've only seen them in one game series, and we've seen them – lose both of them in uh, recent memory. And, yeah, a three-game series when, you know, maybe, maybe one of those games is a bullpen game, which is, you know, something that, that kind of scares you if you're an A's fan. Uh, yeah, the starting pitching is kind of an issue. They, they're definitely built to win in the regular season, but the postseason uh, might, be, might be a little – might be yeah, some bait. treacherous waters for them.
1: So next we have the Cleveland Indians. This team is 25 and 15. Uh, they are a half game back of the White Sox, so they could be in first place uh, by the time we're done recording this. Do they have a? Do either of them play today? Let me check. Uh, nope, doesn't look like it. All right, so it looks like the White Sox will be in first place uh, by the end of today, uh, regardless of any outcomes. Uh, this team, it's weird because their offense has been. You know, lacking for a lot of the season, uh, as a team they're only hitting 227. Uh, that would be that's good for 25th uh, best in the league. That'd be or uh, fifth worst. Actually, the A's are hitting a little bit worse uh, as far as batting average. But the A's at least have a 102 weighted runs created plus as a team. The Indians have an 86. Uh, so this offense has been lacking, and it's been defined. The team entirely has been defined by Shane Bieber and the starting pitching. Uh, I mean that's which is I guess that sort of confirms what we already knew. Uh, we knew that if Cleveland was going to um, compete it would be co- it would be because of their starting pitching, and even without uh, Cliff, you know they 're still holding their own
0: yeah yeah um, one thing one one guy who has been his usual self in the uh, in the lineup is uh, Jose Ramirez Jose Ramirez has kind of been Doing everything, he ha- has an 843 OPS, and along with that, he has nine stolen bases on ten attempts, uh, nine home runs, nine stolen bases, and you know, on a 162 game pace, that's uh, that's a, that's an easy 30 30 season. I'm um, nine divided by 40 times 162. He so that would be 36 home runs and 36 stolen bases. That's his 162 game pace. So he's right back. He's like, you know, the OPS isn't quite there, but in terms of home runs and stolen bases, he's right back to where he was when he was an M- MVP finalist.
1: That's right. Fran uh, Franiel Reyes has been doing really well for them. Yes. 315 average with a 916 OPS, 141 OPS plus. Uh, he came over in the Bauer trade. Uh, yeah. So it's good to see him producing like he is. Uh, outside of that, I mean, like, Lindor is doing pretty well. Tyler Naquin has looked pretty encouraging, but other than that, the offense has been kind of lacking.
0: Yeah, especially, like, Carlos Santana has a career I was about to mention him. He
1: is such a weird slash line this year.
0: Yeah, he, well, yeah, we can get to the slash line, but, like, he had a career year last year, and you expected him to have a semblance of that heading into this year, and he was one of your most important offensive factors from last year, but uh this year 674 ops 83 ops plus uh kind of just not not very good but yeah slash line is 203 362 312 for for a 674 ops pretty wild yeah Uh, Yeah, he, uh, he still has more walks than strikeouts even though he's struggling
1: by the way tristan mckenzie uh, how about him? 22 years old, a 169 ERA through his first three big league starts, 279 ERA plus. Uh, I mean, he has worked himself right into that rotation. Like, we could realistically see him in a playoff game this year.
0: Yeah, they, they've been uh, – yeah, that that machine, I'm going to um, – just closing out on the Indians, I'm, I've got to look up uh, where they rank starter ERA-wise. while well, you're, well, you're
1: saying that uh, – if this offense clicks at the right time in October, they could make a World Series run. Like, what, what's going to stop them if the offense can, can click at the right time?
0: I would agree with that. Because, uh, yeah, if you have Santana, Lindor, um, Ramirez, Ramirez clicking, uh, yeah, Reyes. If you have maybe Jordan Luplo uh, come back to his 2019 self, yeah, the Indians' starter ERA is two eight two, and then the next best is the Dodgers at three point two. So they're almost 0.4 runs uh, better than the next best Other, uh, pitching staff.
1: One, one last thing on the Indians: Oliver Perez. Credit to this guy; he is still going. Uh, I was, I would had just turned two years old the first time he pitched in the major leagues. He has fifteen years of service time. And guess what? He's still going strong for the Indians. A 1 2 9 ERA in 14 innings pitched uh, with 1.9 walks per nine. Really good. Really, really good for Oliver Perez. And obviously, you know, Karen Shaq, we've talked about on this show. Brad Hand is, is 11 for 11 in saved opportunities. So the bullpen has been doing its job as well. Uh, so the Cleveland Indians, they are sneaky, a complete team if the offense clicks.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: Yep. All right, we should probably go a little – we should probably pace ourselves a little quicker. Next is the Toronto-slash-Buffalo Blue Jays. They're currently losing 5-2 to the Yankees right now, so they could drop to the eighth seed uh, after today uh, if they hold on. But, uh, I mean, you know, I talked about their offense, especially when they're at home, and that's been a driving force for them.
0: Yeah, the – you know, the Blue Jays are fun because you know it's the birth of – uh, something exciting happening in Toronto for, you know, hopefully, hopefully they have success for at least three or four years with this core before you know free agency hits, and yeah, you're you're seeing the beginning stages of it all, even though uh, not everyone um, is contributing. Yeah, uh, yeah hey, Oscar
1: so- Hernandez has been the best hitter on this team.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, it hasn't really been, you know, Vladdy Jr., Biggio, and Bichette all year. It's been, yeah, Teoscar Hernandez, 995 OPS, Rowdy Telez, 923 OPS, uh, Randall Grichik, 845, uh, Lourdes Guriel Jr., 832. Quality, uh, some quality. Some they just a quality, been, yeah, they just
1: quality lineup, and Hyunjin Rio, I know he's getting. Kind of lit up tonight, but up until tonight, he was pitching uh, pretty well. Two five one ERA. Um, Chase Anderson was doing well. He most he got rocked recently though. Uh, the starting pitching does look a little concerning. The bullpen though, I wish Jordan. I was going to talk about Jordan Romano, but he went on the DL. Uh, he had twelve point nine strikeouts per nine in his rookie season with a one two three ERA. He was closing out games for this team, uh, but he went on went on the shelf. So that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, the bullpen um, bullpen has been pleasantly surprising, but yeah. Yeah, this the starting Anthony bass, pitching, Rafael Delis, and AJ Cole. Yeah, the, the starting pitching is what like with the Blue Jays, they're an exciting team, but with the starting pitching, you just kind of see them getting a pretty easy first round exit because of and, and you see it, you see the uh It's team that they're facing probably scoring a lot of runs off of guys that aren't named Hyunjin Ryu. But I mean, I guess if you get Ryu to win game one, anything can happen in the next two games. But uh, yeah, that starting pitching staff looks pretty, pretty rough, especially with the injuries. All right. So now we move on to the Houston
1: Astros. Uh, It's a real shame that these guys are only 21 and 19. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone's rooting for them. You know they have a lot of likable guys on this team, they're accountable, they play the game the way everyone likes. Uh it's just weird to see their struggles this year. I mean, you have to wonder what's different from last year, especially with the offense, because it's you know, sure Garrett Cole not being there and Justin Verlander being out with an injury, uh you know, isn't gonna do them any favors. But I mean I feel you you gotta feel like they're better than this.
0: Yeah, I mean, um yeah, a one a 103 team OPS plus. Is what I, I would say. That's, I would say that's slightly alarming. Um, you
1: have to wonder what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean Altuve, a six hundred six OPS. I mean, that's a guy who's always kind of been. You can always clock him in for, you know, a three hundred average yeah. and an eight fifty plus OPS. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, it doesn't
1: help that Bregman and Altuve are both on the shelf right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean you know this offense you know Martin Maldonado even he's had an 801 OPS like he's been going like what's been what's the rest of the guys doing
0: um, yeah, it, is, it is funny that like their their best offensive performers have been Kyle Tucker who's a rookie and Michael Brantley who wasn't there until 2019
1: well I mean Michael Brantley's always been like when he's healthy he's always been one of the best hitters in the league
0: yeah that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is like we don't really know if there was anything in 2019 yeah. and he's yeah. He's always been very good. So it is funny that like him and Tucker are the main guys. Um, I, sh- we, I
1: actually do want to talk on their pitching staff because they have a lot of rookies coming out of that. Uh, f- whether it be the bullpen, whether it be the starting rotation, but Framber Valdez has seemed to have figured it out. He's not a rookie. I don't think, um, but to, to give him credit, he's done pretty well. Uh, he has a three, six, one ERA with a 301 three Oh one fifth Christian Javier as well. Three, three, five, ERA. The only problem is he has a 5.14 FIP. Uh, that's not encouraging. Zach Grinky has been his usual Zach Grinky self. Um, Andre Scrub, guy out of the bullpen for them. He's a rookie. He is an 057 ERA, uh, but with a 4.17 FIP, that is a that is a large difference. My gosh.
0: Wow. Yeah, Framber Valdez, oddly enough, is like at the top of like the. Um, innings per game started lists mm-hmm. like he's I'm looking at I'm looking at his uh, his game logs one, two, three, four, five he's had five starts that have gone seven innings or more uh, which is pretty incredible and the pitch counts aren't that high so I guess he's he's getting guys uh, swinging early in counts which hey you, you gotta respect it. Exactly um, I don't I think, think I, I have anything else on this team um yeah, I mean, their, their bullpen might – their bullpen is interesting. I mean, new guys can pop up out of nowhere with a bullpen. Um, Roberto – or uh, Robert Osuna being out for the year um, definitely isn't going to help. But, yeah, the bullpen bullpen has actually been pretty respectable this year. So, yeah. maybe maybe not something to worry about.
1: So, next we have the Minnesota Twins, the third team – uh from the american league central they're only a game back of the white Sox for first place so i mean they could be the two seed they could be the seven seed they could be all over the place here we really don't know where these people are going to finish uh i'm just looking at their their numbers right now their best hitter uh of course has been nelson cruz we all knew that was going to happen uh he is four he is 39 years old and he's still just crushing the ball a 329 average 643 slugging for a 1059 OPS, 186 weighted uh, or OPS plus. Uh, He's been incredible. Miguel Sano is the exit velocity leader in the league. Um, As far as the lineup goes, like Eddie Rosario's, he's got an above 100 OPS plus. So does Max Kepler, but he's on the DL. Uh, Outside of that, there's not been too many outstanding offensive performers that I'm seeing here. Uh, Josh Donaldson just did just get back from his injury so that's encouraging
0: yeah oddly enough their team OPS plus is under a hundred so not something you would expect and you would expect them to kind of take a, a big step back but their team ERA plus is 121 which is uh, kept them in the race for those yeah, who I mean, don't my
1: and Randy Dobnock have been kind of leaving the rotation for them
0: yeah, for those who don't know, uh, OPS plus and ERA plus average is set at 100. So if you're below 100, you're below average. If you're above 100, you're above average. So, right. you know, they're, they've been a very above average pitching team, which is definitely not something you would expect. Um, I think Jose Perrios is going to – he'll have – his ERA will come back below four again, which is where you usually – have him and yeah, Maeda has been pretty huge this year, along with Dobnak. So good, good on them. And, and uh, Tyler Duffy and Tyler Clippert have been good at kind of keeping the bullpen, keeping the bullpen afloat. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on this team. Yeah, that's 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 about it with them. In, interesting year for them. I'll let you uh, introduce this next team. So the. Eight seed, the the, uh, the number eight seed in the American League currently, it is uh, it's not the Blue Jays. It's not the Indians. It is the New York Yankees. New York Yankees have been – and I have some stats on the New York Yankees. They're on a 5-14 and 14 run. They have lost 14 of their last 19 games. And a lot of this has to do with injury – And, you know, some of it has to do with relievers just not executing. So since August 18th, they are 27th in weighted runs created plus, meaning they're probably the fourth – they've been the fourth worst offensive team in baseball uh, since August 18th. This is their 5-14 and run. Also since August 18th, their reliever ERA is 22nd in the league, and their reliever home runs per nine – is dead last, and so their relievers have given up the most home runs per nine innings uh, in the last in their last nineteen games. So, you know, you kind of expect the offense to digress when you have those injuries, but the bullpen, you know, they've they've built a lot of stock into that bullpen. That bullpen uh, digressing is not what you want to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've had one of the worst bullpens. Uh, by wins above replacement in the league for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I do want to get into some positives, though, because they do have them, and one of them is Luke Voigt. Yeah, you could argue that he has been the best offensive player in the American League this year so uh, for the whole season. A 945 OPS, uh, also homered again tonight. That was his 14th. Uh, he's been doing extremely well. 153 OPS plus. I'm... Uh, he's been carrying the freight for them with Judge and standing out and when Torres was out and when, when LeMahieu was out. like Luke Voigt has been the guy for them. He's kind of been consistent and he's been like this ever since they got him.
0: Yeah, Luke Voigt has been the big, uh, the big surprise for them, both both like, uh, both of the main guys in that trade have kind of been over overperforming over Giovanni yeah. Gallegos and uh, Luke, Boyd. Yeah, Luke pretty, Boyd. Pretty interesting. Uh, Clint Frazier as
1: well. This guy, ever since he got to New York, he was in trade rumors, and I never understood it because he was always a highly rated prospect uh, when he was in the Indian system and when he was traded for Andrew Miller. Like, yeah, you don't get traded for Andrew Miller in his prime if you're a scrub, and Clint Frazier has been putting it on this year. Uh, I mean, walk rate is really high, which is encouraging because he has a 275 batting average with a 390 OBP. Uh, also hitting the ball well in total for a 941 OPS. Uh, so he's been doing extremely well.
0: Yeah, the, the uh, there have been some, like, secondary players on that Yankees team who have kind of held it together, which has kind of been their mantra. Over and levayu still doing his thing, too. He's hitting 363. Yeah, he's... He's been doing very well. So now I guess we should get into kind of the teams that are uh, nearing that A-seed possibly. It's not as big of a deal in the American League as it is in the National League. But um, I guess I guess the Orioles, you know, who knew two-thirds of the way up through the season we'd still be talking about the Orioles. I sure did um, not. They've been – I mean, they've, they've kept afloat for the entire season, which has been very impressive to see.
1: Uh, and they don't – keep in mind, they're doing this all without Trey Mancini as well. Correct, yes. He's out, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about their offense on the show. Uh, we've mentioned Pedro Severino, I believe. We've mentioned Renato Nunez. You mentioned Hensar Alberto at the beginning of the season, Anthony Santander. I don't think we've touched on Jose Iglesias, who has a three ninety-six average with a nine fifty-five OPS.
0: Yeah, he was – doing really well, and that he uh, he hit the IL for a little bit, but now he's back. Mm-hmm. He's been, yeah, unbelievable, 396 average with a 955 OPS. Yeah, he's been – Jose Iglesias has been unreal, and, you know, even though he doesn't have any home runs, he's getting extra base hits. He has 13 doubles in 24 games, which uh, is a, a torrid pace for, for Iglesias. Yeah. Yeah, the, so the – you know, it's a team that has been kind of built on their offense from guys I guess you wouldn't expect. A lot of these guys never heard their name before. But it's been their offense. Their they're pitching – I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking. I'm surprised to see that they're, they have an above-average pitching staff so far. But I think it's a lot of bullpen, which interesting to see. But I, I wouldn't put too much trust in that long term. And then there's also the Detroit Tigers, who are the – they have they had the number one pick in the draft this year, and they're currently kind of staying afloat too.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll get into them. Uh, Jonathan Scope I, has been the best hitter all, overall, 305 with an 883 OPS. Jacoby Jones was amazing, but then he kind of slowed down and he hit the IL. Uh, Miggy, I mean – He's, you know, he obviously has passed his prime, but he's he's doing what he can. Uh, 7.10 OPS, which, I mean, by all means, isn't horrible. Uh, obviously, you're paying him a lot of money. But, you know, I mean, he's still mentoring a lot of guys. He's in his age 37 season. It's not like you can really expect a ton from him at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you have him. Willie Castro, uh, he only has 63 plate appearances, but he has a 9.22 OPS. He's been encouraging. He's only 23 years old. He's an infielder, uh, so that's good to see. Um, I want to look at some of the young pitching because Matthew Boyd has been struggling mightily with a 6.64 ERA. Um, Spencer Turnbull, he kind of got roughed up in his last couple of starts. His ERA is up to almost four. Uh, but really, the main people to look at in this rotation right now are Tarek Skubal and Casey Mize because they're, you know, they're the two rookies. They were top 100 prospects when they came up. Uh, both of them have been struggling so far, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's sort of growing pains. Uh, Myers with a 675 OPS, Skubal with a 470. Uh, so, I mean, you know, obviously this team isn't trying to make the playoffs right now. This is more a development stage. But, I mean, they are in a position where they could sneak in right now, technically speaking.
0: Yeah, they are in that position, you know. You, you get a couple bats hot and you get the pitching to turn around. Um, I mean, how many games out are they? They're they're uh, what three games out right now? They're three games out. Yeah. So, hey, there is, there is that. Um, but yeah, interest interesting to see them still uh, still kind of muddling around the playoff race. And I guess there's maybe one last team we should mention. I'm not sure if this was the team I have they a go on this team. So I will, I will go ahead. The Seattle Mariners have been mm-hmm. streaking pretty, pretty hard uh, in the past week or so.
1: so. If you listen to this show, uh, you'd know that I kind of have a soft spot for the Seattle Mariners. And I think a lot of it ties back to uh, the 1995 team that we did a show on back in late May. Um, and i like to talk about the Mariners right now because they are in a very good spot. Not a lot of people are talking about it. They are two and a half games out of a playoff spot right now. And they're starting. This stat is a bit dated, but between August 21st and September 5th, they led Major League Baseball in starting pitcher wins above replacement. And they played less games than everybody else because they had a series against the Oakland A's that got called off entirely due to a positive COVID test. So not only have they led the league in, wins, in starting pitcher war uh, between these two weeks but they did it in less games, so that makes it even more impressive. So I'd like to go over each of the starting pitchers. And mind you, this is the youngest team in all of baseball. They're only going to continue to get better from this point. Justin Dunn, who's 24, he was acquired in the Edwin Diaz-Robinson-Canot trade. Two earned runs over his last 18 innings pitched, Chris. That is a one ERA over his last three starts. Wild. Not bad. Yusei Kakuchi, he's 29. He is the fourth best SI ERA since August 23rd. If you don't know what that means, it's skill interactive ERA. It's it's another uh, peripheral stat uh, that sort of takes in balls and play uh, like FIP does not. Marco Gonzalez, 28 years old. 309 ERA on the season. Actually, that's lower uh, because he pitched really well today. But uh, I saw a stat on the Mariners broadcast today when I was watching the game. Marco Gonzalez, his last. 10 games pitched in T Mobile Park, all quality starts. That is 10 in a row. Also, it's the fourth best streak in franchise history, according to the Mariners broadcast. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he is a 302 ERA this year.
0: Yeah. Marco, Marco Gonzalez. Yeah, he's and for pretty good expected statistics. His exit velocity is 72nd percentile in the league he's definitely a uh a ground ball pitcher I'm trying to look at his bad ball statistics uh yeah, he is no, also, no, not this year he's, interesting
1: he is the major league leader in walks per nine and strikeout to walk ratio he does not walk people and by the way he had no walks today as well so that's even better 24 year old nick margevisis uh this guy no one really knows how high of a ceiling he has uh, he was kind of cut by the Padres last year, however, 386 ERA, pretty good. His hits per nine dropped by 3.1 points from 2019. His walks per nine dropped by 1.2 and his strikeouts per nine has gone up 1.5. So he has looks a lot more promising this season. And then last but not least, 24 year old, the third 24 year old in this current rotation, Justice Sheffield. He's given up two runs or less in four of his seven starts this season. Pretty good. So the Mariners, they had a seven-game losing streak in mid-August, and that ended on August 19th. And since then, they've won 12 of their last 16 games, I believe. Yeah, 12 of their last 16 games. That is the third-best record in baseball. And their remaining schedule is as follows. They go to San Francisco to play the Giants this week. The Giants have been surging, but those games are winnable. Then they go to Arizona to face uh, the Diamondbacks. That's a team they should beat. And they play a doubleheader versus Oakland. That might be tough, okay, but if you can get one of those two, you're looking pretty good. And then you go and, and you face the Giants at home. Should Once again, definitely could win that game. And you face San Diego at home. That's going to be tougher. That team is very good. And then you face Houston at home. And, you know, the Astros are in the playoff picture, but they are 5-13 and 13 on the road this year. The Astros are 5-13 and 13 on the road, Chris. And they got to go to Seattle to play those Mariners. And they finished off the season with a four-game set in Oakland. Uh, so they do have a couple tough opponents here and there. But overall, they can make a run at this thing. They're only two and a half games out of a playoff spot. And they currently have an 8.5% chance to make the playoffs. And 25 years ago today, Chris, in, 1990, in 1995, they were out of a playoff spot. And they were six games behind the Angels for the division lead. And guess how that ended?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Mariners, they could do it. They could, yeah, they could make a run at this thing. If there's a dark horse team here, I'm looking at the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, and they've got a decent future ahead of them. So I think, so that's the American League. I think next episode we yeah. should do National
1: League. National League. I, like
0: that. I like that idea. Yeah, and then... Right now, we'll get into our, how about that's, highlighting a player or players or teams that have been particularly ex- excellent as, as of late. So welcome to our Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, September 8th edition of. So I will go ahead and start. Uh, I, I'm gonna have you guess something. So, okay. uh, guess I'm gonna have you guess the uh, the top two, um, the the top two guys who have the most barrels this year according to uh, Statcast. Most barrels. Is Corey Seager one of them? Corey Seager is number two, and he is behind Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm talking about <laughs> Corey Seager. I nailed He's, it. He is second. Yeah, he got that pretty quick. <laughs> Uh, he is second in barrels to Fernando Tatis Jr. And he's gone incredibly under the radar for the whole year. And he's been uh, one of the best players in the National League. And people have kind of forgotten about him. He was – people were pretty excited about him uh, early in his career. He got Tommy John. He was out for pretty much all of 2018. He was uh, He was okay. Uh, Slightly above average last year, but this year he's back to you know MVP finalists caliber. So he's hitting 331 with a 1010 OPS, and he is currently 10th in baseball in weighted runs created plus with 168. And he owns uh, he owns Statcast, he owns Baseball Savant. His exit velocity is in the 98th percentile. His hard hit percentage is also in the 98th percentile. His expected weighted on base average is in the 100th percentile. His expected batting average is in the 99th percentile. Expected slugging in the 100th percentile. His barrel percentage in the 97th percentile. And his strikeout percentage even is in the 88th percentile. So he's not even striking out to go along with all those barrels he's putting up. And uh, yeah, he's just been excellent. And He's really ramped it up since August 16th. Since August 16th, he is hitting 372s and 1130 OPS. And also since August 16th, he is sixth in weighted runs created. Plus, uh, you know, he's been super, super consistent uh, on this Dodgers teams, and one of the reasons why they're the best team in these oh, national leagues. League. So there's Corey Seeger. All
1: right, I like it. My how about that for today? entered Monday fourth in the majors in average and fourth in the majors in obp and then he went 3 for 6 today i'm talking about michael conforto of the new york mets he currently owns a 348 average a 436 ops or i'm sorry a 436 obp and a 997 ops he has a 427 WOBA, which is tied for sixth in the majors also 174 weighted runs created plus which is sole possession of six in the majors and last year he had a 3-5-8 Wilba and 126 weighted runs created plus so he has had a massive offensive surge this year Michael Conforto has been killing it for the Mets
0: yes Michael Conforto one of the reasons they're getting back in the playoff picture uh in Queens so now we go from the highs to the lows now we're doing slightly alarming statistics highlighting uh, a player or teams or players form, uh that have been struggling, guys that we had ex- higher expectations for who were kind of tanking uh, as of late. So my slightly alarming statistics are dedicated to a guy, um, a highly touted prospect coming up, and he was... According to, Emma, according to Baseball Prospectus, uh, he was the second best prospect in baseball. Uh, I'm talking about Joe Adele. Joe Adele has, um, and you know, he can have success in the future, but his time in the major leagues has been very, very rough for him thus far. He's currently hitting 194 with a 573 OPS, and since his debut, he has the third worst strikeout percentage uh, in all of baseball. His whiff percentage is in the second percentile, and his hard hit percentage is in the thirteenth percentile. So he's been he's been having a rough time uh, from the batter's box, and even in the field hasn't been great. He has negative five outs above average. He's been a very below average fielder, according to. StatCast, and also to top it all off, since his debut he has the worst Fangraphs war in all of baseball. Slowly alarming. So Joe Adele having a rough time adjusting to the Major League so far.
1: You went all LA for this today.
0: I did. I did.
1: Alright, well you went all LA. I'm going all NL East. My slightly alarming is Patrick Corbin. Over his last five starts, he is 0 4 with a 5.53 ERA. The slash line against 322, 383, 548, 931. And his strikeout, his K percentage has gone down 7% since 2019. Uh, the Nationals as a whole have been skidding, but Patrick Corbin in particular uh, has not looked good at all over his last five starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much a representative of the uh lack of nationals success. Uh yeah, we're we we kinda expected them to underperform, but not to this extent. This is
1: I mean, this is World Series hangover if I've ever seen it.
0: Yeah, it is pretty insane. Um, but at least uh at least they won that World Series last year and kind of hit on their uh on their winning Window their championship window, so to say. Um, so that is slightly alarming statistics. Now we're gonna preview the week ahead in baseball. Uh, not everybody is playing tonight, Monday, uh, but everyone's back in action on Tuesday. Um, and some interesting matchups. What are you? What what uh, matchups are you looking at uh, this upcoming week?
1: On our last show, Chris, you talked about how Hugh Darvish versus Jack Flaherty was going to be the matchup you watched for yes. the coming weekend. Uh, well, this week on Wednesday, we got Trevor Bauer versus Hugh Darvish.
0: Oh, again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's... I'll be watching that series and that, ga- that game. And we'll talk more about the Reds on the next show, even if they're not in the playoff picture, because they deserve some talk right now.
0: Yes, we will – uh, do that. Uh, one series, I guess you could call it a series, but it's really just a double header on Tuesday. And I think it's two pretty competitive teams, uh, two important games for each team. Uh, Twins and Cardinals are matching up twice on Tuesday. Uh, that's something I would watch for. You got Jose Barrios versus Carlos Martinez uh, in game one. And then in game two, you have Randy Dobnock versus Daniel Ponce de Leon. Um, Two teams that are kind of fighting for a second place spot or even a top division spot. And uh, yeah, two two teams that are competing pretty heavily for that. And I think that's going to be a good matchup. All right. So that is the end of the episode. We hope, Everyone enjoyed kind of our breakdown of the American League playoff picture. We'll get right into the National League playoff picture on the midweek episode. So we hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the AL playoff picture, or how about that, some slightly alarming statistics, our preview. And we hope to see you in the middle of the week on Thursday when we're talking about the National League playoff picture. See you then.